You've got to absolutely love New England weather. Here in New England, it can always start off with, in April, shorts and t-shirts and getting out and just feeling really good. And then, and then the weather will turn into, you know what, we see that you're walking around in your shorts and your t-shirt and enjoying the nice weather. How about some snow? Okay, we'll have the warm weather back. Oh, you're back to enjoying the warm weather? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's drop the temperature down to the 30s. And let's give you a nice, brisk, howling wind to go with it. Okay? All right. Thank you very much, and welcome to New England. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number seven. Um, I don't really think this is going to be a totally, totally long episode. Uh, last week last week was kind of like a, like a meh week. Like, just, just a whole week of feeling sluggish and stuff. And it, and it really started when I did my weekly training hike. Or at least that's kind of the day when I noticed it most. Like, it was, I you know, I think I mentioned in previous episodes, I, I'll typically get up around, like, quarter of four. Or actually, more like 4.30ish or so to try to get out of the house around, like, say, quarter of five, five o'clock in the morning to get on the trail early enough so that I can get out there get my hike in and then get back to work on time. But that day was, it was a really, really slow start to the day. It was just, okay, I guess we're going to do this, you know, whatever. And I remember sitting on the couch for like 10 minutes or so and be like, do I really want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. You know, get in the vehicle, you drive out there and you just start walking. And it was just, just like a feeling of complete sluggishness the entire time. Like, I even got a picture of myself, you know, I'm, I'm still doing my selfie type pictures. And so I did kind of like a selfie of myself just sitting on the bench after I'd got back. And yeah, sure, it's slightly staged in in a sense because, you know, I use my main camera, so I got to kind of pose for it. But the feelings are real in that picture. It's It was no joke of me just sitting there and just chilling like, wow, I just did this hike. I probably stopped a bunch of times going up to the top of that mountain. Actually, I didn't really go to the top. I haven't actually I haven't been back since, you know, a couple of weeks ago to at least to the summit, just to the ridge trail. And it was just I'd go like 10 or 15 minutes and it was just a feeling of sluggishness. Now, when I got to the top, you know, a little bit more of the endorphins or whatever, they those kind of kicked in, but it was still kind of like, oh, when I got back down to the bottom, it was like, all right, we're done for this week. And I realized, you know, for anybody that does like serious training, those days that you feel sluggish and things like that are definitely the days that you really, really should be pushing yourself towards like that goal. Maybe you won't do the same amount of miles or the same intensity, but it's it keeps that routine going. And especially for me, because I know in the past and like years ago when I used to do more running and things like that, or I would go to the gym more often and lift weights. As soon as I started missing a day or two, it just was like a snowball effect for me. And I know it's probably not the same for everybody. For, for me, yeah, it was, it's it just a complete snowball. So I find these sluggish days are probably like the most important days for me to get out there and keep going. After this, after on this day, then I went and did my COVID, sh- COVID shot. And now originally we were supposed to get the original, like I think it was the Johnson & Johnson one. But if anybody's been out there listening to the news, you know kind of how that went. So the people that were sponsoring the, the shots it was kind of up in the air. Like, oh, we're going to have to like schedule like in a couple weeks out. And it turned out, no, no, they actually found some different shots to use. So we went to get um, get the different one, the one that you need two shots for. Once I get that, so between this hike... 
I'm already feeling sluggish, and then I get that. By that night, man, I was I was just just wiped, just completely, completely, completely wiped out. So much so that by the time you know I was supposed to be doing my weekend backpacking trip, and the weather, the weather for that was looking pretty, pretty rough. Like I was gonna leave Friday morning and get out there and you know do my thing, but you know going back to that New England weather, good God, it was. It was brutal. Like, I, I remember letting the dogs out at like five in the morning and it was just downpouring. The wind was howling and it was just raw. And I looked at the weather and it was going to be like that all day long and then like well into Saturday. And for me, like that, that mental, like that mental block, I look at that weather and I'm like, why would I go out in that weather? Like, what would be the advantage of that? So I basically, I ended up bailing on that whole trip, which was kind of a bummer, but it was worth it in the end because... I really would like to get out there and experience somewhat decent weather. Like I've mentioned this in the past, I believe, but I'm okay being already out there and then hitting the bad weather. I'm prepared for that. It's like like this mental thing. It's like, okay, you're out there. You're ready to accept that challenge. But when you're inside your nice warm house, your apartment or whatever, for me, it's just like, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that today. So for photographs on the uh, my weekly training trip, they were okay. Uh, one of the better kind of scenic shots I took, although I kind of really wish it was like a clear view of the summit, you can kind of see like the storm clouds sort of kind of rolling in. Maybe it's the fog, but I tried to go for the the idea of, you know, it's very much overcast, a little bit of sun in the background. I kind of darkened up things so that you really can only see like the outlines of the mountains and maybe some of the gold, like golden, the golden light that's out there. I mean, the picture was kind of neat in and of its, but... I really wish there was an open view or something like that, but whatever, you know, uh, these trips are not just about training, you know, physically, but they're also about, uh, shall we say, training of the mind when it comes to photography. On this trip too, as well, one of the things I was trying to do was do some focus stacking. It's it's a technique I kind of want to get more and more involved in, hopefully. When I do like some of these pictures of streams or whatever, I'm realizing, that, or especially when I was doing um, the weekly uh, waterfall shots, I was going over to a local waterfall and trying to get shots. I was realizing at times like not the whole thing was always in focus. So I was thinking like, all right, with the technology that I have at my disposal, like, you know, all the pictures, you know, obviously they're all digital, you know, take them all up and create like a high definition image with literally everything in focus. You know, part of my brain wrestles with the fact about like you're sort of cheating when you do that. But then another part of me says, you have the technology. Why would you not do that? Like take all your pictures, put them all together, make the picture, you know, make that image that you're what you're looking for. So one of the things now I'm starting to do is on my weekly training hikes is I'm going to start doing some focus stacking of the water because I really want to get out there. I want to, I want to train. I want to practice more this technique and that is a lot of what these hikes are about because I know I'm going to be out there the following week. So even if I blow up the picture, like the picture comes out terrible, I'm going to be back out there again. And my, and my, my thought process is uh, if when I go to like trails, I don't normally redo trails. Like once I do a hiking trail, that's it. I'm done. Like I don't typically go back. And and it's very rare that I actually do that. Like I would say, you know, like Mount Mananuk's one of those rare mountains that I keep going back to. I don't know why. Because I always find like it's like the opposite of everything I enjoy about hiking. Like I'm not a big fan of like a super like high amount of crowds and things like that. But I want to... 
but I always seem to keep going back because I always keep thinking of like these different ideas of like what I want to do with that mountain. And it's like sort of something I want to do in the future. Like I want to do it justice with my photography, like for myself. I'm not saying like this, this millions and millions of pictures of Mount Monadnock of that trail. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you took all the pictures and put them all together, like how much of that mountain has been totally photographed. But I want to like do my own photo project of that. And so that's some of the reasons why I keep thinking about it and why I keep going back to that mountain. Like I tried even last year, I was like thinking like, all right, well, let me photograph some of the rarer trails that people don't go on. Maybe some of the quieter sections of Mount Monadnock. But anyways, I digress. You know, Mount Monadnock is one of those mountains I go back to. And this is another one. This this trail here, obviously, it's my weekly training one. I come back to it every week. So I know that I'll be back to keep practicing these things. And I want to be ready to when I get to these trails that I know I'll probably never go back to. But I want to have those skills, my, those photographic skills under my belt to know when I look at a scene, I'm like, I can think about what it is I'm trying to capture, and then everything is very much automatic. Like I know like where I need to place my camera. That's one of the reasons why this year I'm totally limiting myself to like all my scenic shots with a 50 millimeter camera because I want to not be like, I want to be used to what that lens can do for me. You know, I want to be used to where, where I can stand to set that camera up. You know, with a wide angle lens or something like that, you can get pretty close to a scene and still get a lot of it. The 50 millimeter, you know, your focal distance is, you know, or whatever your distance of what you can see is limited. So where you think you need to stand, I got to get used to the fact, no, maybe you need to stand 10 feet back to really get the image that you're looking for. And that's one of the reasons why I'm, you know, I'm challenging myself with that lens. So coming back to like this focus stacking stuff, I attempted it and... Quite frankly, the picture is not really even all that good. I posted it anyways, but it's not its not good. I know it's not good, but I posted it here as a reminder to myself of like, I can get better than this. Like, I know I've even looked at older photographs and I'm like, wow, like that picture is garbage. Like I could probably go through and take out thousands of pictures that, that I've done and be like, I'm never coming back to this picture. Like it's just gone. It, just, it will just be gone forever. Like nobody needs to ever see it again. But I want to keep this here because as part of the training, you know, series that I'm doing, this it's, I think of this whole thing as a story, as a journey. You know, even now when I look back at some of the older pictures, I, I look like there used to be a scarf hanging on a tree and it moved a couple times and then now it's gone. Like, that's a story. You know, that's, that's a piece of like history of the year of this trail. Like, the scarf was gone, but I have a picture of it and it captures that, you know, pictures of me sitting there on the top of the mountain in the snow, looking off to like probably one of the first times I got up there. Um, other things are on this ridge trail that used to be a rock that was there and somebody had painted it and wrote the word believe on there. Just like last week, I realized somebody stole the rock. Like, so those kind of things, like it, that's it. There's a picture and that's that. Why somebody would steal a rock, I don't know. I think these things are gone, but somebody lost their keys or, you know, there's a hair clips that was sitting on the entrance sign. You know, I grabbed a picture of that because, again, I, I think it tells a story of this adventure. And that goes back to now why I put this picture of myself sitting here on a bench, you know, feeling kind of down, feeling kind of rough, but happy that I did it. Although the I, you can't see the expression on my face, but... I feel good. I feel that I accomplished something. I push myself through something. So when I come back and I look at the story of this year, that's what these photographs will tell. 
you know, part of it will also tell like of my focus stacking as hopefully I get better. You'll see the gradual improvements of like of what I was trying to achieve with these pictures. Anyways, all right, enough, enough of the philosophy and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, so last week was pretty rough. And I think at the end of the day, not doing the backpacking trip really, really worked out because I ended up vegging out for the most part of the weekend. I did do a small 5K. And when I say I did a small 5K, I didn't run it. I haven't run in a very long time, but I've been chasing like the, there's a jacket that you can get, like there's a, a running group. I guess you can call it a running group. I'm not really even sure what the right word is for that. But there's like a running group and they sponsor a bunch of runs. And if you do like so many miles and do so many events, they get you get like just basically just simple little jacket. And I remember talking about this with my hygienist like years and years ago about when I was really doing some running and she was like, that was the thing she was chasing. Like she wanted the jacket, like that was her mental goal. And so fast forward now it's like COVID time and I don't really run I realize this is probably going to be one of the best chances I'm going to have without actually having to like destroy my knees with running yeah I'm already destroying them with the hiking and the carrying the weight but I won't destroy it running so this past weekend I did my second official I'll say my official um or walk or virtual race um I did one um a few weeks back, but I realized I hadn't signed up for it. And I didn't realize that until after I'd gotten completely soaked, did the entire thing, and then came back home and went to go and submit my results. And it was like, yep, you did not sign up. Now, my wife tried to see if retroactively I could have done it, but nope. And they were like, yeah, once everything's closed, that's that's it. You're kind of done. It's going to be okay. There's like plenty and plenty of races to go do. And I've actually got two half marathon virtual races to do. So I'll be I'll be adding to the series. You know, this is all part of my rail trail series. So I'm kind of like grouping them all together. I'm doing like my virtual races. But then at the same time, I'm using that as an opportunity to visit some of our rail trails again to sort of tell the story of, or not even the story, but just to have this project of documenting what I see on some of these rail trails. So this past weekend, I hit our our local uh, rail trails, like the Mason Rail Trail. I think it might be also like the Mason Greenville Rail Trail. But I went out there with my dog, Molly. I ended up getting um, a pretty good picture of her, actually. I think um, just a little background on the picture. We probably walked, what, maybe a thousand feet? No, probably more than that. Probably more like a half a mile or so. And, you know, I was like, okay, now it's time for you to pose for a picture because why not, you know? So I try to get a picture of her kind of like off center a little bit. So you can kind of see the distance of the trail. Uh, I'm off into the distance, but... She's kind of giving me this look of like, why are we stopping? Why you make me pose for a picture? So the picture came up pretty good, actually. I, I, I think I'm slowly, you know, I'm getting better with the camera. I'm feeling more confident in my abilities uh, to get some decent pictures of, of the pup and things like that. Let's see what else. I'm also really, really been working hard on getting trail pictures. So even again, going back to that training hike, I've I realized that there are some main things that I want to be capturing. Like I want to be capturing pictures of the trail, a picture of myself. I uh, will be doing some level of focus stacking, something random, and then something like a, like a, a scenic shot. And I want to be doing those each week. So that each week I have a goal. Like my goal is to get to the summit of the mountain and then get back down and feel good that I did some training and I get out there and I kind of did my huffing and puffing, but then also the mental training as well to practice those shots that I've been trying to get. And 
coming back to like this rail trail here, I think I did this and I, I think I did a pretty decent job, although I can kind of see the road on the left hand side. There's probably some other sections I could have used to achieve the same effect, but I'm really happy with setting like my f-stop to be around four or five, because what I'm really looking for is kind of like the front of you kind of in focus, but I want the rest of it to be slowly out of focus. Like you have a hint of where the picture's going, but not everything needs to be in focus. And I figure as I do those weekly training hikes, I'll get better on like, again, back to the lens, back to my abilities of when I'm walking up a trail, I know how I want to capture that shot because I'll have it ingrained in my brain. There's a song, Insane in Your Brain, that I've been hearing lately. I've been like in this weird kick of 90s music, but anyways, I, I digress. So I think I did pretty good on this picture. I got nice and low, you know, to kind of get the ground sure that just a little bit of the front is kind of blurry, but that's okay because the distance and everything else seems to have done the trick. So happy with the picture on this one for this rail trail. Uh, I did try to grab the stone walls. These are things I do want to capture more of because there's so many of them around in New England. So I want to make more of a conscious effort as, as I see more of them to try to capture them a little better. Uh, my weekly training hike, I think there's like a couple stone walls, but not enough to really like every week to have something different. So that will just have to come over the course of time as I capture them. I think the one thing I could have done better on this picture for sure is that there is actually a branch that's in the way. It's, I should have went over and just cleared that spot a little bit more and kind of got a, got rid of the distraction of that. And I think the picture would have improved immensely by just not having it there. But either way, you know, again, tells a story that there is these old stone walls on these rail trails and stuff. And then, and then I ended up grabbing a picture of like a sign, kind of like kind of weather beaten. This trail is also used for sledding or snowmobiling. So you see a lot of these signs about, you know, stop signs for, you know, cross for road intersections and things like that. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to grab one of these again. So, yeah. So other than the 5K, it was just a weekend of just kind of taking a step back and taking a breather, kind of recharging, essentially. So that's really what happened this past weekend. I got to just relax. It kind of gave me also a chance to self-reflect and start thinking about like another series that I want to do for my YouTube channel as well. And just another project. I've got this idea in mind about how if you ever look at some of the lists that New Hampshire has, you'll you'll find a lot of them like, you know, like over the 40 type like hiking lists, um, 4,000 footers, you know, I don't know what the number is, but we'll say the, the 25 most terrifying trails, you know, stuff like that. New England's 100 highest. And you find that a lot of these trails, especially for New Hampshire, is really focused in the White Mountains. And I feel like Southern New Hampshire, and maybe this is just probably a mis misconception on my part, but I feel like it's not covered as well. So I'm, and just to kind of give you like how my thought process works, like for a while, I was thinking of going back, you know, speaking about Monadnock, like going back and being like, what if I just spent the rest of this year finding all the different trailheads and then just documenting my way to the summit? Now, I may end up doing that in the future, and I may have to write this down somewhere. I, I'm not really sure where I'll do that so I don't lose track of it. But to like, and so I sit down and I start looking at like maps and stuff, and, and I'll go online and... and, and I'll see like kind of where people are going. I try to look at the maps to kind of figure out where are all the trailheads, what are some of the routes that I can take and start letting my brain kind of run a little bit with that. And after I was done thinking about that and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that might be a kind of cool idea. 
And then I go out and I start doing like I do my weekly training hike, which is kind of like this great way of where my brain just sort of like you, you, I have this, I have this focus of like, get to the top. Like all the distractions of the world are now gone. It's just me, the woods, just listening to the birds, the wind, you know, the owls, the coyotes, as that was once, that was last week. I unfortunately couldn't capture that in time on my camera, but I did hear some coyotes out in the woods. That was that was a pretty wild experience, you know, to hear them out there. They might have been like a mile or two out there. But anyways, it, it's that primitive, like, that, that thinking. All the distractions of the world, you're not working, there's really no family, you know, it's just me, and it's the woods, and it's just, it's just quiet, and my mind can kind of wander. And I realized as I was on this hike, I'm like, what if instead of doing that, I do like a hybrid of the hikes that I'm doing with my wife, you know, and, and I've got like a couple hikes that we did, you know, a couple hikes, kind of like a play on words there, where we go and explore a lot of the local trails. But what if I did something very much of like, what if I try to come up with a list of like, maybe like, we'll say the, just pick a random number, the, the 25 best trails in Southern New Hampshire, you know. Because Southern New Hampshire, in my mind, has a lot to offer. And I think it's partially neglected. And I think one of the reasons is, is, you know, certainly the White Mountains is, and a lot of these books, I think, are geared towards, you know, pushing tourism up into that area. And, and rightfully so, like a lot of small businesses are definitely, you know, they thrive on this stuff. And not to say I don't like the White Mountains, I, I'm happy with it. But that doesn't mean I want to always be driving like two or three hours to get somewhere. Like, what if I could just drive an hour somewhere? Like, what does Southern New Hampshire have that, that, that I could potentially use for my mind? So I think what I'm going to end up doing is probably this weekend, most likely, because the weather looks pretty rough on Sunday. I'm probably going to spend that day, most likely, taking a step back and being like, what are some of the cool things? What are some cool mountains? Sure, Mount Monadnock might be one of them because... It's probably been the most well-known mountain, of course, in southern New Hampshire. But just sit down and be like, what are some of the, the best hikes that I could do? And kind of document that in a journey. And kind of like, and I'll probably end up putting those like on my YouTube channel. So I won't have to worry about writing too much. But I'll photograph them all, of course, and kind of do all that stuff. All right. So, so anyway, see, that's, that's like the insight to my mind, essentially. That's sort of how I work. I kind of think of the ideas and I start writing them down. And that's sort of my, how my thought process, that's how a project comes alive for me. And then as I do them, they'll slowly start morphing and changing, you know, my weekly training hike. I know I keep beating on that in this episode. It's changing and morphing into like a couple different things. And I think that's the way any story is written. You have ideas, you, you kind of outline it, then you start doing that story and you realize as you're doing it, there's actually a different story to be told, or maybe there's multiple parts to this story. And that's sort of what's, you know, that I could say is probably what's happening like on my weekly training hike. Like that story is slowly morphing and changing over the course of time. So in light of the fact that I didn't do a backpacking trip, I realized, okay, well, I need to do a video. And now I've already had my videos listed out and I had like one, um, one video sort of in it as a backup. And this one happens to be the trail cam stuff. So what I've been doing as of late, this is only my second round of doing it, but I last, the day after Christmas in last year, I ended up setting up uh, my two trail cams again. And I actually, I have two Camparks T85s. It's funny, I was trying to remember what the versions are. And 
I'm looking at one of the pictures and I see, see the version. It's funny. Inside these cameras, you can change um, what the names are. And so on one of them, I have like TLP02, as in the lone photographer camera number two. I thought I set the first camera to be the lone photographer camera one. And now I realize that, oh, they're back out there. So I'm going to have a third round of kind of like the same weird naming thing. But anyways, I put them out there December and I let them sit out there until April. So I ended up picking them back up. Um, and, and, and these are, these are actually on private land as well. They're not out on any public land. I, I'd someday like to do public land, but I still, I still have a lot of learning, you know, going back to the theme here, I still have a lot of learning to do. I'm like how I want these cameras set up. So I left them out there. Um, I put them in like a couple different locations to kind of see what is going to get captured over the course of winter. And I would say overall, I captured a lot of deer and chipmunks. I wouldn't say that, you know, like, you know, you see somebody's like trail cam videos and it's like, oh my God, like there's a big bear, you know, and the bear is like wrestling with a trail cam, you know, whatever. It's slight exaggeration, but I didn't get much of that. I know my first one, uh, my first trail cam video, which is on my web or on my YouTube channel. I do have, I do actually have a bear in that one. It actually came up and sniffed it and then walked off. Uh, I got a bobcat a couple times, but still there was a lot of deer. That was an amazing amount of deer that was there. Uh, a few trespassers. This is private land. Um, there's been a problem with trespassing out there. You know, whatever. Hunters are allowed to use it. Um, it's not posted. Uh, it might be changing soon. But anyways, it's not posted. So hunters are legally allowed to go out there. But you'll see a lot of people just hiking out into the middle of nowhere. And for me personally, you know, I know I did my stealth camp. If there's no signs, I'm probably going to walk out there. So I don't fault all these people for doing this. You know, if there's no signs out there, great. But it's, you know, it's not near like anything. You know, there's no like major hiking trail that goes through there. So they're clearly the neighbors of this area are just walking around out through the woods. So that's good or bad, good and bad. And, you know, it's kind of badish because, you know, you know, it's humans being out there and kind of interfering with the natural wildlife I'm trying to capture here. And that's sort of what I'm trying to see here is kind of like what's out there. Um, how can I get better at this kind of thing? And I realized um, when I picked up these cameras, I think one setting that I needed to tweak on these cameras was how many pictures there was taking. So I think I had it something like it was going to take five or six pictures and then finally start doing a recording of the or doing a video clip. So I think it would spend too much time taking the pictures. And then by the time the video kicked in, whatever was there uh, disappeared. So one of the things, one of the changes I have immediately made uh, before I put the cameras back out into the wild was I cut back. I think I cut it down to like maybe two pictures and then to then fire up the uh, the video. I may even tweak it further to where, depending on where it is, if it's anything more than two pictures, I think then it's going to be overkill because they're all JPEGs. There's not a whole lot of editing I can do with them. It's not like it's capturing a bunch of raw images. And so then, you know, I can really capture them. Like I can see like my ideal trail cam for me would be something where I can control the shutter speed like something that would say, like, if you're at dark, if you're in the dark, you know, maybe bump up the ISO and, you know, go with a different shutter speed and then but capture like these raw images. They don't have to be like big, like raw images like I'm going to get on my Sony, but something that I can work with as a photographer. Like right now, they're just very small JPEG images. I think I've got it set to about the best image quality that I can possibly get out of them. And it's not that good. And then doing the same thing with, you know, the video side of the world, like, you know, having times of day, you know, okay, or light sensitivity or, or whatever that just says, okay, if you're seeing this, you know, 
maybe even setting a range, you know, it will check like the light, be like, okay, I'll use this ISO because that's what I'm allowed to go to. Like, just like, I want more controls, like that kind of a thing. But I don't know if that exists or if those kind of cameras exist, they're probably super expensive. So the pictures, they were fine overall. Um, like I said, they, I, I essentially just got a lot of deer pictures and just kind of going through them all. I mean, they're kind of interesting in a sense because it's kind of like this interesting look at life out in the woods. I was certainly hoping for more, but again, and I knew deer was out there. Like it's, there's a huge deer population out there. Even from my last video, like they were like one of the cameras had like this one family of deer that it was kind of cool to like keep up with because it seemed like over the course of time, they were one of them, you know, this family had one baby deer, baby deer. Is that really what the name? Maybe doe? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know the names of like specific like of the deer of the ages or whatever. But, you know, you had this young um, baby deer growing up through the course of like four months. So it was very interesting to watch that kind of stuff. I got a picture of one deer, you know, up on its hind legs. It's kind of blurry. It's kind of hard to see. But over on the left hand side, it's like actually on its hind legs trying to get something from a branch. So it was cool to kind of see those type of things. One of the things that made me realize the fact that the, I think that I was taking too many pictures was I got all these videos of like nothing. Like, I'm like, why is there nothing in this video? And then when I started looking at the pictures, I realized it was a squirrel triggering this, triggering this one camera all the time. So it was always missing it because I think it would just, you know, the picture would take like, it's like a 30 second shutter speed. So it's not like super, super fast. So if you tell it to take 10 of those, it's going to take a picture right to the memory card, take a picture right to the memory card, I think. I don't think it does like any kind of bursting like that. I have to look at the documentation on it. So by the time it's done taking all the pictures, writing to the card, then it's going to fire up the camera. And then it's like, well, it's already gone. And for me, I think all I need is like one or two pictures. I'm more like interested in the video. To me, that is the, the wildest thing. And I think that's where these cameras seem to really excel, at least in the video market, like the video quality is not too shabby overall. It's got a nice infrared sensor and stuff like that. So picking these things up at night is in incredible. And that's when it seems like these deer are most active. I've got like another shot of one, like one baby deer. Actually, it might be two of them here. You know, one standing here, like looking off out into the distance. And then there's another one that's in the background just taking a nap. And I got that on video, thankfully, because the deer were basically... They'd hang out in front of the camera for so long, I could probably take a thousand pictures and then run a video. Like, they would be there just that long. So, you know, so I got a lot of pictures of that. And it was kind of interesting to see over the course of winter because, you know, I didn't pick it up till spring. And that was sort of the goal I had in mind. Like, I wanted these cameras to help me survive to be, one, that the batteries lasted long enough. Two, that the memory cards would hold out like there would be enough data captured. And then three, somebody didn't get out there and steal the things. So it was cool to watch the seasons, watch the animals. Sure, you could say, oh, it's just deer, it's just deer. But it's still a fascinating look because more often than not, most of us only see deer. Like maybe you're driving down the side of the road and you see one kind of bound across the road or running through the woods down the side. Or or maybe you're out hiking and you see it on the trail, looks at you and then bounces off into the woods. Like this is sort of like these more raw moments of these creatures out into the wild. And that's my goal here is to practice and learn the techniques. 
I think I did get a picture by Coyote that was out here as well on this camera. Again, I really wish I'd had the video, but I think the, the amount of pictures I was taking kind of screwed me over a little bit here. So I didn't get the cool raw video, but I at least got a picture out of it. So that was kind of neat. You know, it's kind of blurry as well. Um, I'm not sure where it came from. I can't really tell from the, the footprints that's over here, but it's like way, it's kind of way, way off, but it's off into the corner and it definitely looks like it was probably a coyote, not a fox. I think the fox is a little bit smaller, but this is, I think, pretty sure that's what it was. Probably the best picture I got is a very much, it's a late afternoon picture and I've got like, what's it? One, two, three, four deer in this picture. The sun is just right. They're all in a line and they're all looking off to the left and they're looking, I think, towards the road. The road is not like super, super close, but it's close enough to where if they hear like a car or whatever, they're going to be looking at that. And that's probably the best picture that I got. And I'm really happy with how it came out. I think I've got the videos of them and it's kind of interesting because you'll get a picture of like this deer and it will kind of it will, it will run across the camera. And then like a couple seconds later, you'll see another one come running across. And a few seconds later, you'll see the third and then the fourth. And it's it's those kind of things that was really cool. I would say altogether, I had like close to three hours of recorded footage. Probably when it was all edited, I probably had an actual, maybe an hour to an hour and a half of actual, you know, real animal footage, whether it be the deer. I did capture the squirrel a couple times. You know, one time I captured some birds, you know, kind of fluttering around. So that was kind of neat. So the lessons I took, you know, as I keep saying, is tweak the picture settings. So hopefully they won't take as much. Uh, one thing, one technique I'm also trying as well. I've, I've gone, I've, I've since obviously reset the cameras up like a couple days later. I've gone back out. I set them up so they're basically facing each other. So there's like this big open area. I've, I've had some luck in that area, or at least in that general area of animals walking through. I think that's the area where I, I've seen the moose. Yeah, I captured the moose. That was, that was pretty cool. Still plenty of deer, plenty of trespassers walking through there. So what I'm hoping for is that between the two cameras and the way that they're angled, I can get kind of like a different views of what's going on with the animals. So hopefully whatever comes crossing through there, I'll have a better chance of capturing them. So I'm going to leave those out there for probably another month or so. Maybe three. I think three is about a kind of a good limit, I think, to really get a good feeling of what's going on out there. I want, And that will give me plenty of footage and things like that. I want to keep my, my impact to a minimum. Most likely, if the camera settings are where they want, where I want them to be, most likely what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to probably spend an hour or two out there. I'm going to start walking around, kind of looking for more signs of animals and try to find places where I think humans are not necessarily going to be. I know last year I had one of the cameras set up in a spot where I don't think I ever saw a person out there. I think they saw like the neighbor's dog out there maybe once, but it was really far out of the way. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for is more places like that, where maybe there's like a more of a wide open type area, or maybe I'll see like where there's a game trail of sorts kind of coming through. So that's, that's what I'm going to be shooting for probably the next time. And then once I think I've got a feel for it, like I got a good, good feel for tracking down animals and kind of finding their habitats and things like that, most likely I'll start probably finding like conservation land and whatever, getting permission to start putting some cameras up out there. So in conjunction with this and my photography, I'll be able to get some special permission to like, you know, hey, you know, I would like to put some cameras up here. I have no I have no more interest other than taking pictures, maybe posting the videos and just just studying the wildlife, 
just something fun. It's just a kind of like a cool, nice, neat little hobby. And who knows, maybe they'll come up with better trail cams. I should probably start looking for those probably in the future. Mostly, I think hunters use these as a way to track the animals and kind of, you know, it's 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 for them. It's to have that eye out there all the time to be like, okay, I don't need to be out there like in my hunter stand. I don't need to go out there every weekend looking, tracking down the animals. You know, I can track the animals down to a rough idea of where they're going to be and then take some pictures. And that's sort of kind of what I like to be here as well. Like if I find these cool little spots and I understand the timing pattern of when they're going to be out there to potentially come out there myself with the camera and then say, okay, can I be hidden enough to capture these animals? And I do, I hope to be there at that point, but I'm not sure yet if I'm ready for that. So we'll see. We'll see. I figure the the Beaver Brook stuff, which I didn't do last weekend, um, you know, that's my wildlife stuff. I didn't go out there for that weekend either. I figure with that level of practicing, once I've got like my gear kind of ironed out on kind of where I want to be, I think I'm kind of leaning towards buying a two times converter to help improve the my focal distance. But I think I'm going to, the compensation for that's going to be a little bit rough. So I'm still having and hawing on buying one of them. But once I got that all squared away, then I know that when I'm out in the woods and I know that, okay, here's the areas where some animals are, that if maybe if I spend like three weeks out there kind of like hiding out, you know, studying and looking, that eventually, you know, in those rare moments of those animals showing up, that I'll be ready to go. Yeah, so that's it for this week. Uh, I don't really have, it was, you know, a relatively quiet week. You know, the biggest piece of news was just getting the trail cams and you know, bringing the pictures in and finally sitting down and editing them all out and kind of really seeing what I truly, truly had. So that was sort of like the big thing. This next week, I think will be a little bit bigger. I'm more excited about really kind of finalizing the plans on maybe some kind of hiking list for Southern New Hampshire and really kicking off that project. I think, I think long-term, I think that's going to be something very, very fun to do. So with that said, yep, another short, shortest episode. Thank you everybody for listening. And I will catch up with everyone next week.